All right, everybody, we are back again, 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 again. Take two. The podcast. Take two. We had some technical difficulties a second ago. Wasted five minutes of maybe the best opening of a podcast that has ever existed, but none of you will ever, ever, ever get to hear it. And for that, I apologize. It really was uh, top tier podcasting there for five whole minutes and. I'm actually genuinely upset. We'll never even hear it ourselves ever again. Nope, but, you know, let's just take that as the universe telling us that, you know, the world wasn't ready for that. So, nope. you know, we'll give you guys a dumb, the dumbed-down version right now. Um, so, back after a couple weeks off, you know, one week for the holiday, the American Thanksgiving, uh, not that stupid Canadian one. Um, and then uh, Luke here took a, a little trip to the city of New Orleans to watch his Saints play the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday Live. night and what ended up being a rather interesting football game. You want to tell us why it was interesting, Luke? Um, well, it's because uh, it was a shit show. Uh, lots of time in the planning, right, for this glorious trip for my girlfriend and I to go celebrate our anniversary and our birthdays. She's a uh, <coughs> Cowboys fan, which we hate. Um, yep. Obviously, scum. gigantic Saints fan here. Okay. So, also scum. Mind you, when we planned this trip in the beginning, we were going to be good. They were ass. It's perfect. We're going to they? New Orleans. We're at the time when we bought the tickets. I mean, I would say they're ass, but we just we didn't believe in them. You know what I mean? We didn't really know. Do we believe we in them of, now? I believe in them more than I believe in us. Well, okay, but, that's uh, not saying a whole lot, but I get you. True, but uh, excuse me. Uh, one thing I will say about the game: the Superdome is beautiful. It's a beautiful stadium. I absolutely loved being there. The fans are incredible. Even when we were getting our shit kicked in, they were still very supportive. I wouldn't say so much supportive of uh, of Taysom Hill. There was a lot of mean words said about him. Myself Hold included. On. Throwing Hold a on. lot of them. Out. I have a I have a question about. The Superdome. So, I want to know if it looks different in person. Because on TV, the field, I have always felt, looks like green shag carpet. It's just one of the weirdest looking fields it's I think I've turf. ever seen. It, But it doesn't even look like turf and everywhere else has turf. It just, it's a funky looking field. And I'm just curious if it looked weird uh, in person. Like it no. does on TV. No, it TV does a good job of portraying what it looks like. I mean, it, like I was one thing that I, I did think of is like my view of the field. Like, mind you, I sat in nosebleeds because hashtag I'm broke as shit. So we, I mean, we sat in the nosebleeds, but there's no bad seats in that stadium, which I absolutely love. But the field, ju- it looks awesome. I love it. Like, I see so you, you don't care for it, whatever. You suck anyways. You like outdoor stadiums. I don't. Well, I do. I prefer an outdoor stadium because it's a, a game of men and, and men play outdoors. But uh, I don't necessarily know if I dislike it. It just looks weird. It just looks weird. It's unique. It's it, it's it. You know what I mean? It's it's unique. the fucking New Orleans Superdome. Like that's it's got to look unique. It's got to look different than all those other garbage stadiums. Like it's, it's just it. You know and. The beautiful thing about playing on turf is it always looks like that. You know, there's no bad time of year for the Superdome. The field always looks incredible. So 
I will say that well, that part they of can't it have real grass like the Cardinal Stadium, and it's a dome. Yeah, but they have a retractable roof and a retractable field. Yeah, well, we don't have that because so. the stadium was built in like 1970 and is old. What? <laughs> I mean, okay, let's tell you this. For New Orleans being like the oldest city in the, the country, which I mean, I it's was told not. a thousand times when I was there, it's the oldest, right? I'm not nope. a historian, but I'm going to believe them. They're locals. Definitely not. Uh, but for them, for, for everything being so old there, for, to have a Superdome like that and have it look so new and fresh still after all these years of it being open, I mean, that's like they deserve a huge pat on the back. I think it looks incredible. The field looks great one thing i will say like actually like you see you know like the uh the sky view of the stadiums on like sunday night football and stuff they always show like the the downtowns and stuff like it looked it looked even bigger like you can tell it's a big stadium there but when i was walking up to it i could not believe how big of a stadium that shit is it's gigantic and it's not even one of the the biggest ones it's just a big one you know what i mean like that yeah SoFi, when we flew over SoFi on the way home, that thing is a monster. It's not tall, but it just the just the just the land that they had bought to build that on, like just how much space there is. Like holy shit, well, that thing is huge. I was in Vegas a couple years ago while they were building the new Raiders Stadium, and I remember driving by it and thinking that it looked small, but. Now it looks pretty big on TV, so I don't know if I was, you know, like I said, it was still being built. It was only like half constructed at the time, so, you know, I was judging it unfinished, but it just, you know, you could see the dimensions it was going to be in, and it looked kind of small. But the same thing I I felt with the Cardinal Stadium here is, you know, you drive by it on the freeway, and, you know, oh, it's a bit, it's big, but, like, it doesn't look that big. And then as you're walking up to it, you're like, oh, this is a big fucking building. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's insane. It's it's just you know, I I know there's a lot of people out there that don't go to professional football games because it's it is an expensive thing. Like I mean, we like I said, we sat in nosebleeds and for two tickets it was still just under 700 bucks. Like it was really expensive. Jesus but age but but the experience is so much better. Like I'm telling you, the noise, like just the crowd noise, everything that came with it, it was so worth it. Even getting our asses kicked, it was so worth it. Well, yeah, enough of uh, enough about you know what the stadiums and stuff looked like. Let's talk about what you saw on the field there. Um, future. Oh, we don't have to talk that about game. that if you don't want to. Oh no, let's <laughs> talk about it. I, mean, I was trying to avoid this part of the conversation, but okay, we can talk about it. We really want to go, really want to go there. We can talk about it. Yeah. Uh, your boy Taysom Hill, who you were mad wasn't the starter last season. Um, and going, you were mad that he was not the starter going into this season. Started. Yeah. How many interceptions? Four? He had four. Three of them being in the the fourth quarter when we're trying to get ourselves yeah, back in the game. That's kind of the worst quarter to throw interceptions. If you have to yeah. throw them, you know, let him be in the first. Um, but I know I asked you this last time, you know, that you don't think that he is going to be the starter next season with a healthy Jameis Winston. 
do you think he'll be on the team at all next year? Yes. Do you think 100%. They, you think that they you think Sean Payton sits him down and is like, "Look, kid, you know, we had fun, but you're going to be a tight end now." <laughs> or something. Well, well, first of all, I would hope he Sean Payton doesn't call him kid cuz one thing that gets lost in the whole Taysom Hill conversation is Taysom Hill is a 30-year-old man. Okay. <clears throat> so, I'll start with that. But I, I, I'm going to say he's definitely still very valuable. Because if you did at least see the stat line in the game, he was the best rusher on the field of anybody. I mean, he put up over 100 yards on the ground. But he had more He had more yards on the ground than I think every other rusher combined. Like, he was that dominant with his feet. But it's just I mean, you give him the responsibility of throwing the ball. Now we're talking about two different players here. Like, I don't think he could have made a JV high school team with the way he threw the ball that Thursday. So are but. you are you saying you think he's going to be the starting running back for the New Orleans Saints next year? <laughs> I mean, in a perfect world, in a perfect world, I'd love to see a one-two-three punch in our backfield with Kamara. I'm sure they're just going to fill in some second guy, and then Taysom Hill getting probably seven or eight carries a game too. I'd I'd love that. I think that he is probably just going to end up being, you know, they might throw him on the roster and call him a QB or maybe a tight end, but or something. But I think he's just going to end up doing what he more or less has been doing when he's not the starting quarterback and just like, you know, they throw him out there for well, know, that's, trick plays and gadgety plays, and he's going to have to take a pay is, cut though. Well, that's the thing. That ability is what got him the new contract that he signed just a few weeks ago. That is a, a one-of-a-kind I think it was that ability contract. plus with the expectations that he might be able to turn into the starting quarterback is what got him that contract. And well, if, that's that's why the If they give up, the if they so decide high. that they've given up on the him being a quarterback, you know, an actual quarterback, there's no way they're going to pay him that much money. They don't have to. It's all based on snaps and where he plays the snaps. So that's what I'm saying. This is a one-of-a-kind deal. This has never been done before. I think that the Saints always have problems with players getting contracts and not wanting to be paid from their position. Remember Jimmy Graham was like, oh, I want to be paid like a wide receiver. And it's like, whoa, you're not. You're not a wide receiver. This is is the double-edged sword. This is the double-edged sword of having, having a GM as creative and smart as Mickey Loomis. Cause Mickey Loomis is the guy okay. who comes up. Well, that's, that's just, one way this to look is at it. it. Mickey Loomis brings these guys in that are versatile, right? These guys that we believe that we can do more than one thing with like Bill Belichick does with cheap players, right? We do it with players that end up costing us money, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think this is the same at all because Bill Belichick and the Patriots get players in that have very, to find roles and that's why they work out is because they sit them down and are like look whether you like it or not if you're going to play on this team this is the role that you're going to fill you know we don't we're not looking for heroics on this team we need you're going to do x y and z i don't care if you want to do something else this is what you're going to do and uh Taysom hill seems like he really wants to be a quarterback and it's pretty clear that you know, he's not going to in the NFL, at least not for the Saints, not with their expectations. 
but uh, there's, there's okay, but there's a, you're missing some stuff here because Bill Belichick does bring people in who have a role, but he cross trains players more than any other coach does. I don't know if you remember, but when Julian Edelman was like a third year, fourth year player, they were short on defensive backs, and he had to play nickel for a couple games. Like these guys, they have to learn more than one position when they're there. That's that's part of the gig, especially especially playing for the Patriots. That's why early on, that, but early on during the, the dynasty, is... they played a defense on so many different fronts because they were able to cross train these players to play multiple positions. Yeah, I get that, but on the Patriots, those guys know that their job is to do whatever Bill tells them, whether they want to do it or not. Well, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's there's a a little there's not as much strict like coaching and thinking like in New Orleans with that. But my thing is like so like back to the original like thing like Jimmy Graham wanted to get paid like a wide receiver, but he was playing a shit ton of wide receiver. He was he's he's spent a ton of time in the slot and he spent time out wide and he wasn't a good blocker by any nope. means. He wasn't a tight end by definition of a guy who can be that sixth offensive lineman and also catch a pass. He was just a big wide receiver that was just not yes. I mean not agile enough to just be a full-time wide receiver right you can't have this guy that's six eight two seventy lining up at, at the x or the y, uh, the z like it's just not going to work but his his argument was justified in that sense right because of the way that they used him he they used him more like a wide receiver than they used him as a tight end right Taysom is a completely different beast and that's why he's got this completely different kind of contract it all just depends on the snaps he's going to get. He's not going to play quarterback. He's not going to see $95 million. No. But if he's playing H-back and the deal is built in for if he plays H-back, he gets 50, then that's fine. He's earned his 50 because then he'll be a solid H-back. So, so, I mean, it's it's really creative, but it, is come with, it comes with the whole, you know, Sean Payton finds these random roles for these these players. So they're playing more of one style of offense than, than they were probably used to I so mean, then they I feel th- entitled I think that it'll work out if he buys in but if he still in the back of his mind thinks that he can be a starting quarterback then it's you know not going to go well in the long run if he never gets that opportunity you know he might get disgruntled and you might see you know a headline pop up you know Taysom Hill request trade or something well, that's the thing too. I thought that was going to be the case when he lost the quarterback battle. So did I. Because I'm I with thought, you on that. Or, or he was just going to get cut. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I I legitimately thought that when he lost the battle at quarterback, that he would ask for his, a trade to to get an opportunity somewhere else. But that's what made me believe that he's just bought into this whole thing. Because if if that's a hundred percent what he wanted, he would have been able to get another opportunity somewhere. I mean, the Jets the Jets had just drafted a quarterback but they're they could have got Taysom pretty cheap in a in a trade if that was really the route he wanted to go but I feel like I feel like next year yeah but I mean I feel like he lost the battle fair and square right they went through a camp together they got equal amount of snaps with the ones they went out there and did their thing and Jameis just did better so for him to see now yeah (laughs) yeah yeah exactly got 30 30 vision now so with that and then him buying it, I feel like that was the moment he bought in right there. Okay, I lost the quarterback battle, fair and square. I'll go back to my role. But then, you know, he starts getting banged up and all this stuff. So 
So I, I, I don't know. It could play out really, really crazy, but it's it's a lot of dead money if we just cut ties with them. And I don't feel like we ever we should. I not ever should, but I don't feel like we should now, right? He's still he's still. I mean, he is thirty, but to do the role that he can do and excel, you might like. What's the hurt? You know, you're already paying him. The money's locked in there. Let's just play him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I can sign off on that, but uh, we've talked about your team for long enough. Let's get into this week's upcoming slate of f- football games. Uh, what is the one or couple that immediately stand out to you as you know this is one to circle? I I see. Let's see here. One, three, three games. I think that look pretty interesting. You know, outside of our own teams. Uh, the first one we'll just go by uh, order here. How they have them on ESPN. Uh, Baltimore versus Cleveland. This is, and I I think I probably said this before, but this is the get right game for the Browns. They're healthy. The OBJ stuff is behind him. Baker's not super healthy, but he's healthier. Um, they are yeah. favorites. They are favorites in the game, and yeah. with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the back, game. yeah, it's a home game with Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield. I mean, no distractions. Like, let's get to work. There's no more excuses. This is it. This is the time that they got to turn around. And I think them playing against a Ravens team that struggled. I mean, they've even yeah, the they've Ravens, won. They're eight games. and four, yeah. but they are. You know, it's a, it's a close eight and four. You know that it could very well be four and eight. Yeah. You know, and so, uh, so they're not quite the world beaters they appeared. You know, the last couple of seasons, um, but if the, I think if the Browns can stick with their game of playing, you know, solid D and running the shit out of the ball that plays well into their hands because then they'll force the Ravens to have to pass more and they've just haven't been able have to do not it. Been, they have not been successful when they've been forced to pass, you know, and I'm including, you know, the previous two seasons. Uh, outside of a couple games here and there where Lamar's really uh, lit it up, you know, they've not proven, like I, you know, said at the beginning of the year, uh, the running game with their offensive coordinator Greg Roman you know most teams he's been on have been have had really good running games but when that running game is stopped or you know things outside of the offense's control uh you know if they fall behind early and they're forced to pass uh the passing game is extremely limited especially with kind of the overall lack of weapons that they have you know they're pretty much one tight end and one wide receiver and that's about it yeah I mean it's it's we knew it was going to reach this point. Like we we saw, there's going to reach this point. Their defense has kept them in games. Yeah, there's something about Jack Lamar, like Lamar Jackson. He's just he when he gets in that mode, he's going to make you or he's going to break you, right? He's going to make you with his yep. legs, right? Because then his legs himself will open up a little bit of the passing game. But if they start boxing him in a little bit, and he's just strictly forced to like force throws and make throws. We've seen him play really, really bad. I mean, he had a four four interception game just a couple weeks ago. You know? Yeah. So I think this is, like I said, I think this is the get-right game for the Browns. No excuses. This is the time to do it. The Ravens are a good team, so this is the, this is the yeah. game right here. Put up or shut up. Uh, 
next game, I necessarily only think that it's interesting because of the spread. And it's another team that has been kind of disappointing as far as expectations. So the Chiefs host the Raiders. Chiefs are favored by 10 points, Mm -hmm. which seems quite a lot for a team that has struggled a lot this year. And I know that they are coming off of, you know, a couple of good-looking games. Um, It's hard to tell if that 10-point spread there is just kind of like a, oh, the Chiefs are back, like, which I feel like has happened a couple times this year where, you know, they've looked bad, they've had a really good game, and then it's just like, oh, pff, what were we freaking out about? The Chiefs are back. Then they have another stinker, and it's like, oh, are they in trouble? It's that defense. You know? The defense, it's just bad. It's and when if terrible. the offense isn't firing on all cylinders, it really exposes them. I, I think this, this spreads, honestly, is disrespectful. It honestly is. You have a, I mean, I feel like anytime you get a double-digit spread in – professional football it's disrespectful yeah but i mean you get a 10 point spread with like maybe if they were like i don't know what is it two i mean they're at this hosting point, two and ten team the home team you know you got to figure you at least get three yeah if the teams are even you at least get like three so where's this touchdown extra touchdown coming that's from? what I'm, I'm thinking too and the raiders just came off i mean i don't i don't remember who that they even played last week but i mean they just they beat the they beat it's the Cowboys. They lost last week, didn't they? Honestly, I don't remember, to be honest with you. I didn't get to watch a lot of football. Either. I was trying to fly yeah, home, 12-hour day flying home. I didn't get to watch a lot of football. But, I mean, they just beat a, a competent Cowboys team. You know what I mean? Like, just on, on primetime television, like, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see, like, I don't see how you can justify the 10 points. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. I'd understand it if they no, were I playing. Really, I don't really get it either. So just a, like a similar game, the Titans, same record as the Chiefs, are playing the Jags, who are two and ten, and they don't even have a ten point spread. So what? Where's what are we missing here? And it's not even this. It's not. It's not even either that. Like oh, they're giving that game was closer because it's a divisional game. Because so is the Chiefs and Raiders. It's a divisional game. Um, I don't know. If anything, I, this this spread should be smaller I don't know because if, of that. Yeah, I don't know if the Raiders are are being extremely disrespected in this, or if the Chiefs are just being, you know, hyped up, o- overly hyped up. Um, but I mean, I don't necessarily think that game is going to be super interesting unless it turns into like a shootout. Um, yeah, but it's just interesting based on that spread that they're that confident in them. It's it's kind of bizarre. I know Waller's not supposed to play, and I'm sure that they. They're probably playing into that a little bit, but to say that the Raiders have like no offense without Waller is it's a little childish to say that. I, yep. It's just you know, I I don't want to spend too much more time on it, but it's it's disrespectful. That that minus ten spread is just that I don't get it. Yep, and then uh, the last one that I thought was going to be interesting, at least for Sunday, Monday night's game should be pretty good, but. Uh, Bills Buccaneers potential Super Bowl preview, um, especially you know based off of like preseason expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, neither one has necessarily been the dominant team they were expected to be. You know the Bucks are nine and three, which is pretty good, but you know they've had some ugly losses in there, and they've had some ugly close, wins in there. Ugly wins. 
But that's kind of more or less been the the story of the whole NFL season. Like nobody really, you can't point to any team right now and say like them. They're the clear cut number one team in the league right now. The Patriots are rolling, yep. you know. But that's gonna hit a gonna wall. Be interesting to see. You would you would think so, but I feel like you can go over the last twenty years of the Patriots and. Somebody at some point every year has said that about them, or at some point in each iteration of the Patriots, like, oh, you know, this is it. You know, they're done. And then they won six Super Bowls. So, yeah. I don't know. You can't ever, you can't ever count them out. But I know he's been playing real well, but Mac Jones is still a, a rookie. Yeah. And if they, I mean, it, they look like they're pretty much going to get in the playoffs. But I'd like to say know, he's a, an impressive rookie, but there's. That there's you know they just won this game against the Bills just recently and it, it kind of irks me a little bit that he only had the three passes. It it, it doesn't sit well, it I doesn't mean, sit well with me. I I understand the only reason I can I can I can tolerate somebody saying like oh it, it doesn't sit well with me is if you ha- if you started him in fantasy and you're like this is bullshit. Yeah. No no <laughs> but, it's nothing like cause, that but because I mean you know. One of the one of the biggest stats that people like to put on a quarterback is wins and losses, and you know he won. So you know, but that's the thing too is that's an unfair thing. What to else do. do you want? It's an unfair. It thing is to unfair. Do. It's absolutely unfair. But you know, based off of the unfair rules that we have decided to put on players, you know, he won. So he did I, exactly what he. I needed give nothing to, do. to as a, as a coach from a coach's perspective. Like as that's a coach. That's <laughs> hey. As a former varsity wide receivers coach, I get I I approve, but just look at like for and on a player standpoint, like a quarterback's got to throw the ball more than three times. I don't care if there's a blizzard or got, a crazy fifty mile an hour winds. You just there's just something about it. It's it's a confidence thing that you can play in those conditions. It's, it's I don't think he gives a shit though. I think he cares about winning, and if they ask them to go out there and you know be the holder on the PATs or something, you know, he would do it, I think. Which makes him the perfect rookie quarterback for the New England Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. Talk, yeah. Talking about a guy I have a question in. for you, though. How many of the other 31 NFL teams, you know, quarterback and wide receivers? Because, you know, we keep talking about how, oh, yeah, he only attempted three passes. But that means that wide receivers or you know maybe tight ends or running backs <coughs> only got three targets mm-hmm. how many you know skill position player rooms and quarterbacks on thir- the 31 other teams do you think would be okay like you know it, as they're installing this game plan during the week like hey you guys i hope you guys got your you know your blocking schemes all figured out because we're going to be doing this a lot uh how many other teams out there do you think would be the players would be like okay we're cool with this i mean i if i was gonna name like two off the top uh the detroit lions and the jacksonville jaguars because <laughs> at this point anybody they don't give a shit to. how they do it they don't give a shit how they do it those guys just want to win a couple games you know i don't think if you if you listed the top 10 wide receivers in the league you know i don't think any of those teams that have those top 10 would be okay with it oh, outside no of way. maybe outside of maybe like uh Debo Samuel because he just he seems to be that kind of Team a player guy. but uh I mean we just uh, saw it with no, Odell like, 
we just saw with Odell just a few weeks ago. He got one target, one catch for six yards, and next well, thing you know, he's going to trade it. And the player that he replaced on the Rams, Deshaun Jackson, he asked to be cut because he wasn't getting enough looks in games. Yeah. <laughs> and he's well past his prime. I mean, it's probably not built. I highly doubt it's built into any of the Patriot receivers' contracts and stuff, but targets and receptions plays into a lot of what they get paid. It plays a lot into their in their contracts and how their contracts are written up. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to take away a whole game of opportunities. Like, if it comes to the end of the year – and you're seven or eight targets short, and you're a guy that gets at seven or eight targets, like you're gonna be pretty fucking pissed off that you didn't get your, you know, two hundred thousand dollar bonus. Yeah, the Patriots with Bill Belichick are a uniquely positioned team to where they can just ask players like, "Hey, do you want to win? Because we have the best track record of winning out of any team that you can go to. So, do you want to win or do you want to get paid? Yeah, and if you want to get paid." You know, you might be able to do that here, depending on who you are and what you do. But chances are, you go there because you want to win. Yeah, and they're the. And, I th- I'd say and, the Patriots are the only team that that can get away with it. And if it wasn't for yeah. if it wasn't for the first couple Super Bowls, I don't know how much longer it would have lasted. You know, they just they won those two early, and that right there solidifies your stance. Like, hey, well, they won we three don't... early. They won. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, they won three early, but that's that's it. Like, at that point, like, how do you argue with with their methodology? It's like you can't. They got the rings to show for it. Like, hey, this system, you yeah. might not like it, but we got three of these already. Like, if you want to try and get you one, like, shut up and come play with us. Like, just you know, you can sign that one year deal, potentially win one of these rings, and then go fucking play somewhere else and go have fun. Like they don't get paid, yeah. They're they're the one organization where the game is truly a job, right? It stops. It's not a game yeah. in New England. It's a it's game. Not, it's not for everybody. It's a game that you get paid to play for thirty-one teams in the league. But there's one team in the league. Even last year when they were really bad, that was still the team where you went to play for them. You were you were gonna work, and you probably weren't gonna have any fun. But you were gonna work, and you potentially win one of those. Big beautiful rings that they get. Yep. Yep. Wouldn't it be some shit if they just went and won a Super Bowl this year? It'd be. How pissed do you think Tom Brady would be? Right. I think he would only be pissed if they beat him to do it. Like, well, that yeah, there's definitely that. But I mean, you had last year where Brady goes to Tampa and he wins. You know, he won them a Super Bowl. So then the argument was, oh, it was Brady that. Or it was it was Belichick that needed Brady to win those rings. But if Belichick does it with a rookie quarterback that they just drafted, then it's like, oh shit. Like it really was just Belichick the whole time. Like, yeah, Brady's good, but Brady but Belichick don't need Brady if he's gonna win it with a rookie quarterback. He win it with just about anybody. Except Cam Newton. But I don't think anybody's gonna yeah. win a Super Bowl with Cam Newton anytime soon. Yeah, how bad do you think Cam Newton feels right now? Like, okay, they cut me because I got beat by this rookie. And now I got picked up off the street, and it was fun for a week, and now we suck again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, of of all the players in I, the league, he got his offensive coordinator fired. Yeah, of all the exactly right of all the players in the league, of all of them, right? I don't know of one that's like more like 
deeply loved and like everybody roots for as from player to player, not like so much the fans and coaches and stuff, but player to player, like players want Cam to just get a starting job and succeed and everybody's happy. Like, but he gets these opportunities now and he's just, he's just sucks. Like, I mean, there's no other way around it. He's just not good. I mean, yeah. And I don't necessarily think that it's his fault from like a, Oh, he like, I'm not trying to say, Oh, he was never that good. But I think his style of play tore up his body. And oh, just destroyed it. And I don't think I don't think his necessarily like football IQ was high enough to counter that. I don't think he's going to be able to go out there and just kind of outsmart a defense for four quarters yeah. to win football games. I think. A lot, a lot of his game was based off of his athleticism. Exactly. And that's the thing, too, is one thing about quarterbacks specifically in the league, the ones that stick around for like 10-plus years, they get more, they get less athletic as time goes on, but they get way more technical with their, you yes. know, with just, just everything. Like they go and meet with, what's his name, Tom House or, you know, throwing coach at – Something these, like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he's like a guru. They meet with these gurus in the offseason – and they, they break down all these little mechanics, every little thing, arm angles and how you want your shoulder to rotate when you're releasing and stuff. Like Cam hits the weight room super hard. You can tell the dude's a fucking behemoth. But technically, he's never, ever improved, right? He's always had the issue with the overthrows. He's always had the issue with throwing off the back foot. Like those just those things that he could have just progressively have just worked on to become a better thrower. Because, I mean, he has the access, yeah. he has the ability to work with any of the great coaches that are doing it. But, And I'm sure he's probably got one, but they're not concentrating on getting him to be a better thrower. They want him to, you know, be like this hybrid where he can still run and be athletic and, you know, take the ball up the middle when he and, has I mean, the ability to throw good passes if he just he, masters that technique. And he might. I mean, it's not even just him either, but any other quarterback out there that has the same – issues or similar issues uh you know they can go to these gurus or like be in practice and like okay all that technical stuff is there but is it there in a way that you can do it on the football field in a game kind of without thinking without thinking yeah but that's all repetition that's that's it's repetition and like conf like confidence in what you're doing like Hey, I believe that I'm doing this, and it's going to be for the better. Um, if they do the it, ones, if they the do ones it, get that success right away, that's when it, the all you know the all timers, the ones that, like you said, the ten year guys and the ones who have sustained success, they have that ability to where it just becomes second eight. Like they go out and it, they don't have to think about it. It's just there. Yeah. And when it's not quite there, is when you. Especially in those like clutch moments in games, you know, if you got a two minute drill or just, you know, you're trying to come back or something like that, or, you know, maybe you just threw a pick on the last series and now you're coming back out, you know, you're able to push it out of your mind, go back to doing what you're normally doing. And, you know, that's what separates the, the, the goods from the greats. Yeah. I, I would, I say the biggest example of somebody, like for what I'm talking about, is Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if you remember what Aaron Rodgers, how Aaron Rodgers used to throw the ball when he was in college, but it was horrendous, right? He used to 
pulled the ball way up here right next to his ear and his, his release was real short or just kind of like just forward. It just looked super awkward. But if you watch him throw the ball now, it's almost like he's throwing a baseball. Like he's just, he's just got this real natural flow to the ball. He holds the ball real comfortable, you know, but he's only gotten better as time's gone on and it looks easier and easier like he, I've, of all the quarterbacks in the league right now, I don't see quarterbacks that look more relaxed than Aaron Rodgers when he's just going through his thing, even with pressure yeah. and stuff. He's just so calm, cool, collected, and the game has become easier for him because of it. He's getting more out of what he's doing as opposed to the yeah. whole like well, uptight, pull the ball up to your ear, like constantly. He's, he's a pretty confident player, though. I mean, and that's pretty obvious. Yeah, but uh, sometimes though, I mean you can have what would be termed, you know, bad mechanics and still be successful. Phil Rivers, like, there's not a coach in the in the country that would be like, yep, you want to throw it just like that, Phil. Yeah. Like, that that motion, that's perfect. Yeah, the uglier the <laughs> better, Phil. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't even know what you would describe that as, his throwing motion, but, you know, it got the job done. Yeah. But you know, so it's just like whatever it works. It, like the, it works for him. Yeah, exactly. So we, we're not going to mess with it. He, he okay. So you're going to hate this. Where I'm, where I'm going to go right now. You're going to hate this. I can okay. I tell already. This is part of the reason why I thought Tim Tebow came into the league oh, and God. and was bad. And this is, Here we go. This up. yeah. At some point, you knew it was. But this is a big thing. Philip Rivers he just sucked. Philip Rivers. He was not a good quarterback. He, he was a good quarterback in college. He was not even a good court. He was not a good quarterback in college. He was a, a winner who played quarterback in winner, college. Winner, winner. Okay. Sure, that's absolutely fine. But this is. But, but let me but, let me get to my point. Real but quick. wasn't a good quarterback. You you can disagree with us all you want, but let me let me let me just feed you a little bit of this. Okay. He's a nice guy. He's a nice He's guy. He's a great guy. That doesn't make a good He's quarterback. Probably the best guy. You know. He was celibate. He was celibate until he got married. He's he's the ultimate saint. So here's the thing. Okay. When Phillip Rivers got into the league, nobody told Phillip Rivers, hey, now that you're in the NFL, you got to throw the ball differently. You have an ugly throwing motion. We hate it. Yeah. I'm sure that they probably told him told him that but he was like, Oh dang, coach, I don't know if I could do that. Dang, I can't figure this out. Phillip Rivers is the best. So, but what I'm saying is, but when before Tim Tebow even got drafted, all they ever did to him was try and change who he was. They just kept trying to, they, all these little things. They were trying to tweak his his throwing motion, and you can see it in 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 the the, the videos and stuff. He was so uncomfortable. He he just they. But that was the thing. Even when he got into the league, he was trying to do these things that they're trying to teach him, and it was it for him. It was too unnatural, right? And they were, it was forced upon him, too, right away. Hey, it's got to look like this. It's got to look like this. You're throwing the ball side. Or you're throwing the ball out here. You're going to get it stripped. You need to throw it up here. You need to do this. And, then, you know, you, you put any kind of thing like that on, on a quarterback right away and force him into it, it's not going to work. You got It's got to be like the Aaron Rodgers and the Peyton Mannings and the Drew Brees where they got to progressively kind of work that out and get into the new motion comfortably. I, I still say that. Tebow should have come into the NFL as a tight end. When he tried to do it for the Jags this year, it was like ten years too late. Ten years too late, and you you see that his attempt on a block. I, I was that even an attempt on a block? I don't know. It what looks to like call he it. forgot that he he didn't hear the snap or something. I wish I could play the clip for our millions of fans out there because it, it was the one of the best. 
okay. All right, let me ask you this. What is a better clip to rewatch for laughs? Tim Tebow's block or uh, was it Trent Richardson's run with the Raiders? Oh, man. You know what I'm talking about, right? There was that. They parted the Red Sea up. The, hole. Yeah, there's a gigantic hole. It's it's 10 feet wide, and he ran in the back of the guard on the right side, never saw the hole at all. It just ran right into his ass and took a loss. That one, I I would pick probably the Trent Richardson one because it was in like a game that meant something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was in a game that meant something, and he was playing a position that he has played for a long time. Exactly. That's one <laughs> of those like Tim Tebow. That's one of those follies that was doesn't like make, trying it out. That's one of those like follies that doesn't make like you know the NFL NFL Network like. You know what I mean? How they do those things where it's like the funniest moments throughout like history of football. Yeah. Like you always have that guy who picked up the fumble and ran the wrong way. That, like, but that yeah. clip, that He's particular in the Hall of Fame, by the way. Yeah, exactly. But that clip should be in there. It should definitely. It's because it requires it requires ex- explanation to like a casual fan. Like, see what he should have done was run here. All he had to do <laughs> was look left just a little bit. Just a tiny, with his left eye, just catch the edge of that, and he would have saw that he had a hole. If, I haven't seen a hole that big, uh, like in a run, no. I maybe ever. It was gigantic. You drove two trucks through it. He <laughs> completely yeah. missed it. He could have laid on the ground and like rolled sideways through it. It was so uh, big. unbelievable. But going back to it real quick, yeah, like the Tim Tebow thing. Obviously, it didn't work, but. I always kind of held on to that theory that it, that if they would have just let him just try and be himself, let him try and just fig, just go play ball, I feel like it would have worked out a little bit differently for him. I I don't I don't think that they didn't do that because when he had his little string of success at the end of that 2010 or 2011 season with Denver, they kind of just let him go out there and do what he did in college, and you know they beat bad teams and they beat some average teams the comebacks and they did it and they won a playoff it, game against they, a good they Steelers were close. team nah no Demarius Thomas who unfortunately passed away this week may he rest in peace won that game he did all the work on the, on that touchdown against the Steelers Tebow just lucked into getting the ball into his hands yeah that's crazy though, man. About Demarius Thomas, I didn't realize how young he was. He did he retire early? I don't think it was a retire. I, I mean, he he had played with the Jets. I think was the last team he had signed with, and I think he just kind of fell out after that. I don't think he actually formally retired. Wait, he's, so he and Decker both played for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny. You know, I obviously it's super sad, and he's not much older than us, which makes it. You know, it's no, what just was he, 33? 33. Is that what it said? Yeah. And Jesus. And just for the fans to know, we're like late twenties. So he's not much older than us. But I always feel it makes me it really when I first saw the news, I immediately felt horrible because I made so much fun of him over the Cam Chancellor. I I, <laughs> I I I thought about you and how horrible you must have felt <laughs> I, when I, I first saw the news too. hundred <laughs> percent. I honestly I felt like the biggest scumbag ever because I always just made fun of him. And obviously, it's all out of good fun. But well, you know, may you rest in peace. I hope you're gonna have fun in hell, Luke. God, because that's where you're going. (laughs) You better hope the atheists are right. Otherwise, (laughs) 
Yeah. You're going to be in hell. I'm trying not to think about all that. But no, yeah, I, dude, immediately felt awful. Awful. And mind you, you mind you, I never said anything horribly, horribly bad. I would just poke fun. But yeah, no, it's just tragic news. I, 33, man. That's just way too young. Way too, way too young. Way too young. Absolutely. Um, to lighten the mood here a little bit as we, uh, wrap things up i just want to encourage anybody that hasn't seen it already to go out and watch uh my boy trevor zegers of the anaheim ducks with the all you pass to set up the greatest goal i've ever seen um incredible that's what uh that's what that's what hockey needs to be able to get in you know break the mainstream especially now that they're on espn and espn is actually like acknowledging the existence of the sport of hockey, mm-hmm. which is a, another topic for another day. Um, but go out, check it out. This is the first time that ESPN Plus has actually been worth it because you can actually watch games on there rather than all the horse shit that they had previously. Yep. And also, the season is a week old now, but also streaming on ESPN Plus, the National Lacrosse League box lacrosse indoor spend the time to watch lacrosse guys i'm telling you especially box lacrosse it's faster pace exactly that's if you want an intro to a a new great sport this is your opportunity to do it yeah it's super fun uh we we had the fortune of catching a game it was my first box lacrosse game that i had seen in person first lacrosse game that i had seen in person we saw the san diego seals down in San Diego, it was right before the world shut down in 2019. Um, but I, it was one of the most fun things I've I've been able to do, uh, and I at the time took it for granted. Exactly <laughs> because I didn't I didn't know that the world was going to shut down the next week because um, it was in March that we went. But yeah, check it out uh, if you got ESPN Plus. You know you can watch more on there than just the Manning cast on Monday night. Um, check out some hockey. And check out some lacrosse. No, one hundred percent, definitely do that. Uh, the experience of going to a lacrosse game like that—it's the stadium. Obviously, it's not like the Superdome, but there's just as much no. energy, man. <laughs> Everybody that's there. Actually, funny story. Speaking of the Seals, on my way home from New Orleans, so mind you, I'm in Louisiana. I was wearing my Seals hat on the plane, and this guy—this nice. guy had long blonde hair. And he, as he was walking in, you know, he's got a little his ball cap and stuff too. And as he's walking in, he's staring right at me. So I was just like, okay, what the hell is this dude guy doing? And he walks up and he's like, hey man, go seals. And then just kept walking to the back of the plane. I was like, Fantastic. hell yeah! I was like, dude, I was like, I'm in Louisiana. Like I didn't think anybody was gonna know what this thing was, but yeah, very very cool moment. Definitely awesome. take the time to watch that sport, guys. Sports, I'm telling you. it brings people together. It's beautiful. It's, I, uh, nothing's better, man. Nothing's better than sports, and I, I think think that's a perfect place for us to end this evening. Uh, for both of us here at Casa de Sports, I hope you have a lovely week and a good weekend of watching the football and get out there and watch that lacrosse, people. Definitely. Do it. Definitely do it. All right. You guys all have a good week. Adios, amigos. Adios.